Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside and Crone takes the lead in the Kilmore. Crone draws clean out from Mizzy. It's a Queensland victory. Crone beat Mizzy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Mock Sports Presents, the Quaddy Potty. Good to be back. Haven't heard the theme song in a while. My name, as always, Mitchell Cashmore, joined by Nick Hind. How are you, brother? Good, mate. Good to be back. Really excited. Well, yeah, should be good. Yes, you haven't heard how voices over the airwaves from the Quaddy Potty. You've definitely heard us in off the track, but uh, we're back to run down some racing cards. And luckily, we've got our first of a sponsor. Well, we own it. It's themocksports.com.au. We're now officially brought to you by themocksports.com.au. We launched our website on the first of the year. Happy New Year, punters. And it's been going great guns since, hasn't it, Nick? It's been good. Um, yeah, like you said, we've been doing a couple of interviews off the track, which are up there on our website or on Spotify, wherever you listen on. You can go have a look at that. Um, yeah, you can go give them a listen. Dylan Gibbons, we've had Tim Clark, and then we've got Gary Moore um, coming out in the next couple of, couple of days. So, yeah, should be pretty good. Yes, I believe sometime next week our interview with the legendary trainer Gary Moore will drop punters. Get keen for that. But uh, for now, we're all business, all racing, mate. We haven't looked at some cards in a while. I've been doing my weekly rundowns on the website, of course, and on the socials, and you've been putting out some sporadic tips here and there. But it's been a while since we've been sitting here in the studio running down a card race by race. Are you nervous to get back into it for the year? Never nervous, mate. Um, yeah, it's been a while. I've been looking after, um, looking at my horses that are coming up and up and about, and there's a couple of good ones hopefully coming through, which um, we can touch on if you want. But, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Uh, I know I'm finally getting into it as, a, as an owner, even if it's a small percentage, but um, pretty exciting. So. Yes, I was going to ask you that, of course. Punters will remember in our last episode last year, Nick announced that he is now a horse racing ownership mogul. He owns about 20 horses, so give us a little bit of a stable update, mate. Yeah, stable update's looking pretty nice. Um, yeah, a lot of them are just pre-training, education and kind of stuff. Like, they're real young two-year-olds getting into it. But um, there's two or three that have just had a jump out. Um, yeah, one horse has to be um, gelded, unfortunately. So Gelded? Gelded? Yep, gelded, whatever it is. Yep, gelded. Um, yeah. Has to be gelded, just not not the right one for a cult. Can't be a stallion, so we're gonna get that one gelded. Um, that's with Peter Moody. Um, yeah, one like I said, one filly trained by Annabelle Nation has um, gotten one her jump out pretty convincingly by four or five lengths, which is pretty Very good. Nice. So um, yeah, they're looking to target her in the blue diamonds. So that's big. That's huge, right? That Who is knows? big. So yeah, could have a group one horse coming through. But yeah, other than that, the rest of them are just going through there. Pre-train to work, but um, yeah, happy to touch on it every couple of weeks when we when we do our when we do our rundowns, how they're going, and give the tip when it's coming in, or say not not get on it, it's run for fitness. But yeah, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, we'll definitely have a bit of content coming out when they go to the trials, go to the races. We'll be there, cameras, microphones on, making sure we're covering it. But are uh, any of them named yet? Or are they still all unnamed? Uh, a couple of them are. I can have a quick look for you. Um, a lot of them are coming out now. Um, but yeah, I think. There was one cheerful legend. That's that's a five year old. That's not um. That that was named obviously. That that raced I think two weeks ago. Yeah, New Year's Day, Canterbury. Yeah, had a um, good run. I watched it live. I tipped it, of course, 
on my uh, rundown on the website, and it ran good. I'd be happy with it if I was the owner, but of course I'm not. You're the owner, so what were your thoughts on the run? It was all right. Um, it was running for fitness. It wasn't running for a win, so it's coming into it now. Um, yeah, I wasn't upset with it, but yeah, I don't know. It's all right. It was in a good field, very, very good field. It was always going to be tough yeah. to win, but, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy with it. Good first up run, like you said. Wasn't its peak run, wasn't a target, so... Hopefully, bigger things to come for cheerful legend there. Yeah, so sorry, we got a Gave. Um, agave or a Gave? I, I don't know. Agave. If it's Agave, that's up your alley. That's tequila. That? Potentially. Bit of I alcohol don't know. for you. So, yeah, obviously, cheerful legend. Um, mega Strike. Mega Strike, sorry. Up and Comer. And then the rest are unnamed. So, there's still about 15 that are unnamed. So, yeah, pretty, pretty cool. I like it. Agave. I could get around that. Yeah. 100% have a drink with the horse. Exactly. You know, take a shot of tequila every time it wins. Hopefully you're getting pretty <coughs> pissed by the end of the day. But yeah. um, when it comes to my ownership, I think it's time to wind down. We uh, went to the Maria Cup with Highly Desired and ran no good. Couldn't really get into it at all. Led, tired, faded, couldn't run out a full 1,200 or 1,400, whatever it was. So I don't know. I think retirement's on the horizon, but... You never know with these sort of things. The trainers can get a little bit of a second kick out of him. We thought we were retiring him two years ago, and then he ended up a midway-level horse. So who knows? But I think as Nick's starting to ramp up, I'll be winding down, and I'll just be watching his horses go around and win group ones, apparently. Yeah, who knows? Imagine that. (laughs) Nick Highland in the ownership box. (coughs) Flemington or Caulfield. I can't remember if the Blue Diamond's at Flemington or Caulfield. It's at one of the two, but down in Melbourne, members area. With, with all the rich owners. You're the next Bray Sikorsky, mate. Oh, yeah. Look, the cameras would be all over me. They'd be like, who's this bloke in the in the box? But um, uh, it's pretty exciting. So Can't wait till racing.com's interviewing you as the winning owner. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Great run. <laughs> check, check the podcast out. That's all I want. Yeah. All right, mate. Um, uh, follow a question, of course. Every time we have the podcast, followers can submit their questions. We've got one this week from at Queen and Mitch. Ask what's the main factors of form that we look at. So yeah, we've gone through this before on the podcast. So Same we'll question every quickly. week. Touch on it quickly. Uh, we're going to get a proper article out on themoxsports.com.au under our punter education uh, segment. We already have how to read a form guide. So if you're out there listening and you don't know how to read a form guide, head to the website. The link will be in our show notes, or you can just type up www.themoxsports.com.au and you'll find it there. But uh, we'll quickly go through what each of the mocks like to look at and then we'll put it up on the website later. But for now, Nick, what's the main factor of form you look at? Well, it's a bit different. So this time of year, obviously, your two-year-olds are running and um, they don't actually have any previous runs to go off. So, yeah, your jockey plays a a big part. I do think the trainers, um, how they train two-year-olds are a big part of it as well. Like, obviously, Gay Waterhouse has won a lot of two-year-old races and she's really renowned for a two-year-old racing so I think that comes into it um your weight for your jockey is huge which we've been through the barrier is huge for a two-year-old um different stuff like that and obviously you can see it's trail jump outs and see how it goes but when you talk in your spring carnival which is a little bit different in my opinion and your 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 better known horses are running around um obviously your previous runs the the as easy as it sounds, the more you watch racing and the more you get to know how a horse runs, that's how you're going to get to know your form, 100%. Um, how it runs on the distance, stuff like that. It all it all 
contributes and we've been through it a couple of times. I'm pretty sure it's like the fourth or fifth time we've talked about it on the podcast. So um, that's what I go off. What do you go off, mate? But yeah, um, you're right. We talk about it a lot. We might have to have not only a article on the website, but just a full episode dedicated to it because yeah. we just get asked so many times and we can just point them towards the article or point them towards the episode. But for me, as you touched on, previous runs are a really important part and I get all over the previous runs. Um, you know, I like to look at who they've beaten or who they've run behind if that horse that they've beaten or they've run behind a horse that would be winning the race that they are in, I have a go. So, for instance, let's just say, let's pull a bunch of names out of the hat. Let's get, let's say Alligator Blood and Zaki and I'm Thunderstruck are all lining up. Let's take a look at their previous runs. Alligator Blood beat I'm Thunderstruck in the last start. So, Alligator Blood's looking very likely to win this race, whereas I'm Thunderstruck has run second before to the likes of Zaki and Alligator Blood. So also very primed to have a good run in this start. So if those two horses ever go into a race where the other one isn't in it, I'd be backing that horse. That's just a hypothetical with a bunch of random names. But if a horse has run behind a very talented horse that would be definitely winning that class, all over it. That's what I like to look at. Yeah, fair enough. And there's just one more thing I like to touch on, which is I reckon it's taken mine a new level in tipping decent winners um the track really plays a big part knowing your different tracks uh i probably like your mooney valley is a lot different from your ramwick and stuff like that rose hill is a lot different from, from ramwick um mooney, mooney valley, valley in particular if you pick a leader for that field it's such a short straight that 100 percent if it's leading coming into the bend it's only got 200 meters to go whereas if they're leading into the bend at ramwick they've got 400 metres to go. Same with Flemington. Flemington's like a 600, 650. Yeah. So straight. it's it's a lot different. And knowing your tracks, knowing your horses, it comes into it. And I think that's over the last 12 months, identifying that and finding. I I, I think I, I think Moody Valley would have been one of my best tracks last year, I reckon. I think I tipped four or five double-digit figures horses purely based off learning how the track runs and horses going around and that. So I think that's the biggest thing. And Mooney Valley is typically very hard to tip because it's, like they say, it's where favourites <coughs> go to die because if a favourite's not up in that probably first four going around the bend, very hard to win like you touched on because the difference is, like you said, at Randwick, they can start to make their run at the top of the straight. Once they get in around the corner, they've built up enough energy, straight time, time to go wooshka. But yep. with Mooney Valley, unless you're a leader and you're right at the front going that straight, you need to make your run at the 300, 400 metre mark like you do at Randwick but you're all the way still in the middle of the bend at that point, which is completely different, as you can imagine, punters, than running in a straight line to having to run your hardest going around a curve. You're not getting as much momentum, all that sort of stuff, all the factors go into it. So you're 100% right, Nick. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing, that really identifying that, and um, it changed a lot of gambling for me. 100%. But we'll touch on that more, of course, <coughs> in the article, like we mentioned, and potentially the future episode that we put out discussing punting in general. But... Now, let's move into Magic Millions mode, all right? Currently, it's on on the Gold Coast right now. The sales have been going all week. Saturday is the big day where all of these rich horses that have been sold out of the Magic Millions, um, not Carnival, the Magic Millions sales, come together. All the races are made up of entire fields of horses that have been sold at the Magic Millions, all right? And it's pretty. It's it's a good race day. It's 10 races bunch of talented horses come together with the pinnacles being the two-year-old classic and the three-year-old classic 
They're all the best juveniles coming out of the last few years of the sales, going head-to-head for millions of dollars in prize money. It is basically the premier sale that you want to be as a horse owner. You go to the Magic Millions sales, you buy what is supposed to be the next big star, and then you take them next year to the races and hopefully they win the Group 1. Uh, they've already been a big purchases this year. I believe there's been affiliates gone for 1.2, one for 1.6, one for 1.8. And then just yesterday we had a horse go for $2.6 million, Nick. Isn't crazy. that a gamble and a half? Yeah, you wouldn't be catching me doing that, that's for sure. Uh, that's pretty crazy. If you've got that kind of money to spend there, you're obviously you're doing pretty well. So, Well, the reason is it was full sister. Like usually you go for the half-brothers, half-sisters because it's very rare that a uh, stallion will serve a mare twice because a mare can only be served once a season, whereas a stallion can serve about 100 different horses if they wanted to. So it's very rare that you get a full sister or brother to a very talented horse. And, of course, this one, I believe, um, Full Sister to Sunlight or something. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Won the Silver Slipper, third in a Golden Slipper, won the two-year-old Classic, went on and won about three more Group 1s as well, earned about $5, 6000000 million in prize money, I think, something around that ballpark, or at least that's the money that it would be if uh, with inflation and the change in prize monies. So they were all over it. The bidding actually started at $1.1 million, so you're already paying over a million just from the start of the bidding. Yeah, it's crazy. But hopefully that horse goes on to be a star. We won't see it till late 2024, early 2025 when it steps out. The owners will certainly be hoping that it becomes a superstar because it has a lot of money to pay off. Last horse that was that expensive was uh, what's the record for Magic Millions, but the last horse to go over $2 million, I believe, is now known as Profondo. And we know how much of a star that was for the first year, and then now it's, he's a bit of a fast, eh? Yeah, no. Nah. That's, that's why it's such a gamble, but... Yeah, so we go back to last year's two-year-old winner. It's Cool and Gatter, only sold for a few hundred thousand. They've already profited on it massively. And so let's touch on last year's Magic Millions because we absolutely dominated that day, Nick. Yeah, we did. That was one of our best days last year, I think. That's my best punting best punting day ever. That was crazy. Genuinely. I remember that. I think it was like 7 out of 10, wasn't it? Something 7 out of 10, 6 out of 9. We tipped three-thirds of the card. Uh, three-thirds, two-thirds of the card. Yeah, it's crazy. But in saying that, we do have obviously two tips each race because yes. we're, we're two different punters. But but I do know that you tipped the winner <laughs> in the first couple and then I went on a bloody tear because yeah. we had a tipping comp where I wasn't really supposed to win. I set it up for the followers and I just went in it for a bit of fun and then I accidentally won the tipping comp yeah. and stole all the prize money that was supposed to go to a follower because I just couldn't stop winning. I think I tipped race... I think it was race five to nine. Like I just, I tipped the whole quaddie by itself. I was in the Hunter Valley. I wasn't even watching the races. I was on a wine tour. I was playing cricket, I remember. I put all my bets on in my account. All of a sudden I look at it, it's full of money because I'd put them all on singles, put them all in multis, and then I put them all in combo multis, so the doubles, so they'd all won. And I'd taken over a grand in earnings off just like 50 bucks. It was the best hunting day in my I remember, life. I remember, I remember playing cricket and I was batting. And I rolled around and I, like I was in the middle of the pitch and I go, I yelled to the sideline to my brother. I'm like, who won the two-year-old? Who won? Who won? He goes, the gut. I'm like, yes. <laughs> it was crazy. Then I was really happy because I'd gotten on the futures as well, the gut into King of Sparta. 
when they were both paying like $4 and like $10 respectively, that got up. That was a moral. It was huge. Yeah, Gat was, was, was a moral. And we'll go into it. There is no morals <coughs> in this year's races. There's no Cool and Gatta. There's no King of Sparta. That is the clear top pick. But we'll get into that later. But hopefully this year's Magic Millions is as successful as last year's. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. hope so. Let's see if we can back it up. So anything to touch on before we do go into those tips? Got nothing, mate. All right, mate, before we go into the tips, of course, we have to shout out our good friends at Dabble. Yeah, you guys know the go by now. Um, it's our number one betting site at the moment. Um, Dabble's the spot to be, all the copy bet, um, all that kind of stuff. We actually did go down to their Dabble box. Yes, we're in the Dabble box. Um, great blokes down there. Um, but, yeah, they've changed Aussie gambling pretty much. You've got the copy bet feature where we put the bet on, you press one buttons in your account. Easy as that, and yeah, so good. Um, we love those boys, and yeah, so we've just got over 15,000 followers on there. Crazy. So. 100%. So make sure you are joining the 15,000-plus other punters out there following at the Mock Sports on the Dabble app. You can sign up with the show notes, the links in there, or just download the Dabble app and use the code the Mock Sports when signing up. Let them know we sent you, and hopefully they'll bring us back down to the corporate box to say thank you. That's it, that's it. All right, mate, heading up to Gold Coast now. It's very rare that we do a preview in Queensland as we're Sydney boys at heart. But uh, the weather forecast for very minuscule rain on race day. Very, very minuscule. So who knows if it actually comes in. If it does come in, though, I can't imagine it being anything more than a soft five. So we'll most likely be running on a good four deck all day there. And uh, the rail is out a metre from the 950-metre mark to the 350-metre mark. True for the remainder of that. But... There shouldn't be any bias. Last week, though, there was a clear bias towards those horses that were leaders and on pace. So you need to monitor it early punters because there could be a bias that comes into it. Then you speak of horses that we'll touch on later, like Empire of Japan, who's a pure backmarker. He could be in a little bit of strife, but we'll touch on that later. So we <coughs> head into the races, mate. Race number one, we've got the Country Cup over 1,200 metres here. Having a black booker in the first, mate, has made this one pretty easy for me. You'll be missed. Has been in the best form of her career, winning four of her last five. I know they've been over the 1,000 metre mark, and now she needs to run that extra 12, not 1,200, that extra 200. And she's only placed one time from eight starts, 1,200 metre mark. But if you go back and look at those starts, they've all been from races that she's either been outclassed in, like the two-year-old classic a couple of years ago, like group threes, group twos, that she's not really been up to that sort of racing over the 1,200 metre mark. And she's come fourth a bunch of times. So, of course, that doesn't show up on her statistics in her wins and places, but coming fourth by only a couple of lengths, she's not too shabby over the 1,200 metre mark, in my opinion. So I think she's paying a nice price, $12 to win, $3.80. To I'll happily take an each-way stab at that black booker all day. You'll be missed in the first for me. Very nice. Um, I would have gone with King Guther here, but he's drawn the car park. So I'm going to go with um, Xanthus, barrier number six, J4, Ford ridden. Four starts this prep and hasn't missed a Quinella once. Um, two of them being wins, decent price as well. $9.50 and $3.10 for a place. Bit of value there for the first for me. Lovely. Race number two, you've got the 900 metre two-year-old debut race. Your guess is as good as mine and I'd stay away from this one, punters. 100%. Um, I'm going to go with marching. As I mentioned earlier, I've got the two-year-olds running around and um, the messages that have come out of Gay Warhouse and Adrian Bott's camp um, and the way they go about it, it's very impressive. Um, they do them really well when they're young and it's something I really want to see. So $13 for a horse has already ran three trials. 
one win and two of them only losing by less than a length. I'm going to have to take a punt here with, with marching with our boy Timmy Clark on board. 100%, mate. I've agreed with you there. If Steel City doesn't get a start, because Steel City currently the second emergency sitting outside the field, I don't think it gets a start. But if it does, that's my tip, punters, because, I mean, like you said, it's a dartboard race. Anyone can really get up. If from a punting perspective, you probably wouldn't be getting on this race. Out of all of them on the day, this is the one you want to just sit back and watch and then watch the gold and slipper markets and blue diamond markets do its thing after the race. Um, but Steel City, $6.50 if it gets a start. J-Mac goes on board. Um her trials have been really, really clean. She looks primed for a big run, but like I said, probably doesn't make the final field. So $6.50 for Steel City would definitely be my play if it does. If it doesn't, I'm just sticking with you. $13 for marching is great value there for a gay ward house. Timmy Clark ridden should be forward from the barrier. Hopefully leads all the way and wins. But uh, we move on to race three, 2200 meter mark. Zoom on. Should go to the front here, as does too much caviar and so dapper. But zoom on and so dapper will probably get the soft lead from the inside draw, while too much caviar is drawn out. So we'll have to use a bit of petrol to get to the front there, I reckon. He'll still be settling up there, but he'll just have to use a bit more energy there. Uh, zoom on is the one I'm going to have to be with here. One of the better stayers going around in the summer carnival at the moment. I think it's a high, high chance at $8 and $2.50 mark to place. So Abdullah goes on board. We'll give him a primo steer plus six kilo weight swing. Mate, you talked about how crucial the weight swing can be. So the favourite up there with Skylab, great horse, definitely has a chance. But $6 lighter is zoom on and is at a better price. So I think zoom on each way is the play to be having in race three. Yeah, it's a hard race to pick this one. Um, I've landed on too much caviar, like you said. I'm hoping not too much petrol is used to get him down to the front. Um, yeah, we'll likely try and lead the whole way, like its last two wins in, at Ramwick, which is one on the trot. Um, $11, $3.50, my tip in the third, so that'll be me. Lovely. And over to race four at the 1,200 metres, the $1 million Magic Million Syndicate. Wow, I like this race. Um, big names, 11-11, um, Scalapini, Rangers. Um, shout out to one of my mates, Beetle. He owns Rupertar. Oh, yeah, and he's up in the Gold Coast watching this oh, race. Lovely. So, yeah, should be should be pretty nice. Um, yeah, we tipped 11-11 last year. It was one of our ones. I think we were both on it, to yes. be honest. Yeah, and it was it won pretty easily. And Yeah, so I'm going to put it up there. Put an exotic play out there for Beetle. Um, it's going to be Trifecta. You've got your favourite, Scalapini, 11-11, and Rupertar for a Trifecta. However, my tip has to be 11-11. Great horse. Um, yeah. $3.50, I think it's going to jump favourite as well. So, yeah, I think get on it as early as you can because it's just going to come in. 11-11, I think, should win this one pretty easily. Yeah, I'm on 11-11 as well. Rumours have it that he's been a little sick in the last few weeks, but that doesn't doesn't draw me away from him. <laughs> Bullshit. 11-11 <laughs> loves Magic Millions. Magic Millions is his playground. He is the king of the Magic Millions. He has won the last three years on Magic Millions Day. He's going to make it four out of four, in my opinion. J-Mac on board as well should jump, grab cover, pop out, run past him in the straight. $3.50, like you said. It's a bet I'm definitely willing to have. 11-11 all the way in the fourth. As we move on to the fifth, 1,300 metres. Straight to the point again here. 11-11's a mock horse. So is this horse's Kiku. Um, Who else would I possibly go on? We love her. She is our girl through and through. She has the class edge on this field by a mile. She has now been consistently running quite strongly in group company, especially in that... Group 1 Empire Rose in the spring, Ice Bath. She was only three lengths off the finish there. Outstanding run. I'm confident she gets it done here, $4.50. Oh, I think it's too dry for her. Really? I think, yeah, I think, I don't know. I'm going to go with Jamea here. It's it's 
the be- best horse with the best good track record in the race. And Tommy Berry's back, baby. T Berry, after that he's little back. break, he is back. He's back and he's ready. $9.50 and $3.10 for a place each way play. Race number six here, and I'm really interested to see your thoughts here. Um, look, King of Sparta is your favourite, and wow, will he be hard to beat. Three is the last year's three-year-old Guinness winner. Yeah. He's going to be thereabouts again. But, look, I don't like tipping the favourite. I'm going to go for some value here. I'm going Mount High. This horse is a serious player. Serious player last year, and I, I used to love getting on this horse. Love the silks. Any, anything with the light blue silks. Gets, gets my eyes get, get in there, and I like this horse. I'm beating three from three first up, and he's going there again. Um, it's going to take everything to get over King of Sparta, but I'm liking his chances at $9 until seventy for a place. Fair enough. Uh, like you said, I'm on King of Sparta. I rarely, rarely tip a horse this short because I think a $1.80 horse is just a trap, but King of Sparta won for me in the Guineas last year. I think he wins for me again here. Um, J-Mac on board Gee, I'm on a lot of J-Mac horses today I've just realised J-Mac is something I've been saying a lot And I'm going to continue to say a lot But um, Gun dry tracker Whenever he gets on the dry He just goes different I'll just have him in multis though Because at the dollar eighty, You can't have a play on him If he gets over $2 on the day I could possibly entertain a single bet But at the moment He's just a multi-play for me dollar eighty for King of Sparta I reckon take him I just reckon wins That's all I can say here very nice. Do we go through to race number yeah, seven? Yeah, okay, mate. We'll go through one, race seven. We're down to one of the big ones, one of the two big ones. The next two ones are the big group ones of the day. The Magic Millions, two-year-old classic, is in race seven, over the 1,200-metre mark. Jeez. Like we said last year, Cool and Gatter was a moral. No Cool and Gatter this year. No standout. There's no gap. Like, there's been plenty of standout (laughs) trials, but nothing like Cool and Gatter who shattered the clock and then went on to absolutely dominate her two-year-old season apart from that failure in the Golden Slipper by just going down by a couple of lengths there. But you got Sovereign Front and Empire of Japan as the sad favourites. The Snowden-trained horses there, Jamie Carr and James McDonald, sharing the top of the market. Sun Source is up there, $21. You could entertain that. Royal Entrance is a horse you could entertain. Godfather, that's another one. Entertain any of them, honestly. Like they're all good horses. Fire Lane, Platinum Jubilee, Croatian Bell, Summer Lovings, Got the Law. The list goes on. These are all the best two-year-olds that have showed their hand so far in the last two months since they were allowed to debut. And these are the horses that are most likely going to go on and try and get to the Golden Sipper. Of course, not all of them will be in the Golden Sipper. I have a sneaky feeling that we haven't even seen the winner of the Golden Sipper yet. Big call. But I don't think we've seen it yet. Last year, we didn't see Fireburn until, you know, only a couple months beforehand. I think that might be the case this year as well. But I think the two horses coming out of the Jim Crack Stakes and the Breeders' Plate, the Empire of Japan and Platinum Jubilee, one of them has to be the winner here. Because if you go back and watch those races, just phenomenal runs from both of them. The class on those wins... Looked like they were generational talents. But, of course, you can't say that with a two-year-old. They might come out in their three-year-old season and be completely bust. But for now, they're peaking early, and you want a horse that peaks early in their career in this sort of race. You don't want a horse that's going to mature over time because you'll be wanting to back them in 10 months' time in the spring or 12 months' time next autumn. So, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I don't know. It's pretty – obviously, it's an open race. Two-year-olds are not my thing um, in saying that. Cool and Gatto was just the obvious choice last year and 
thought on it, even though it was a favourite because it wasn't losing. It's 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 tough. It is tough. Um, I would say I would have entertained Fire Lane if it didn't draw the outside um, as a as a bit of a roughy chance. But my heart's been set on Platinum Jubilee since, like you said, that run earlier in the year. It's freakish. It was it was crazy. It was crazy. When I, as soon as that ran, I went straight to the futures market for Golden Slipper, Tab Sports Bet, put money on it straight so away. And it's um it's in my futures market. I think it's paying like eighteen nineteen dollars something like that. Um, it's crazy. And I'll jump it like if it. Gets anywhere close to jump like six dollars, seven dollars. It'll be one of the favourites for sure, unless yeah. it starts to fail in the lead up to it. But look, go back and go look at the punters. Go back and watch the Jim Crack Stakes from twenty twenty two. That's crazy. It's supposed to be a leader of a horse, but in this race we discovered that it can run from everywhere because it didn't really get the jump it wanted to and settled towards the back. It was last going around the bend. Look at it where it is at the two hundred meter mark. It is completely blocked off from getting anywhere near the front. It's still four or five lengths back. The leading pack of, I um, uh, can't even remember who the leading pack was now, Sicilian and Perfect Proposal looked home for all money. The winner was going to be one of those two. Then at the 200 metre mark, the slightest gap opens up. Jubilee Reeves all the way around them. And in the last 150, 100 metres, puts three or four lengths on them and ends up winning by like two lengths. It was a phenomenal run. Hey, it sounds like you're, you're on this horse as well, are you? Or you're just... Chatting up my, my tip, and you're not even on it. This, this is where I get to the horse that I am on. Oh, here we go. Because there was a more impressive run on that day, and that was Empire of Japan in the Breeders' Plate. Go back and watch this run. Again, a horse that looks all lost for all money. All of the casual punters were like, nah, gone, too far back. But I was there the day that this horse debuted at the trials, out at Randwick, when they march out all the rich two-year-olds and they debut them. And he ran exactly like he did then. His two starts prior, um, sorry, the Breeders' Plate and then that two-year-old race a couple of weeks ago ran the exact same that he did in that first trial. And that's exactly the way he's going to race on Saturday. The only thing that does him, is, does him in is the backmarker bias and the backmarkers can't make ground. J-Mac will jump. He will find cover. He will go around that bend, probably four, five, six lengths off the lead. Then he'll just pop out. He'll run past them all. He did it exactly like that in the Breeders' Plate. And again, put about two, three lengths on him and ended up dominating the win. I'll find the exact margin now. Hopefully I wasn't embellishing. Hopefully he actually did win by that much. Yeah, put three lengths on them. What about its last start, though? Its last start. Third place. Needed a bit of fitness. That was over the 1,100 metre mark. I think this is a horse that gets better over the longer distance he goes. I've actually got a little bit of theory about Empire of Japan. If he's not winning these Magic Millions two-year-old classics, if he's not winning the Golden Sipper, I think he is going to be a massive horse this coming spring when the distances start to go out for the two-year-olds. I think he is prime for a 1,400-metre uh, Golden Rose and a 1,600-metre Caulfield Guineas. I think he, if he doesn't bust after this season, he is going to be a horse that just gets better and better with age and distance. He'll be a perfect mile horse, I reckon. So I think the 1,200 metres... Getting up this distance will be awesome. He just ran out of room for that 1,100 metres in the last start. So I reckon J-Mac on board, rides him nice and patient, gets some cover, pops out, runs past them all and gets his nose over the line. Fair enough. So I'm, I'm going with Platinum Jubilee and you're going to Empire of Japan, mate. So the odds for that, $8.50 for Platinum Jubilee and $2.90 for a place each way. 
um, Empire of Japan just at each way odds at the moment, $5 and $2 for a place. I'd be getting so. on the Quinella as well. Those are the two horses that I am in love with. I fell in love with them at the trials and they've served me well since. But I would also like, just to, for fun, a cheeky little player on the China Horse Club trifecta, Empire of Japan, Royal Entrance and Sovereign Fun. They're all wearing the same silks, just different hats, and they're all very good chances to win. So I wouldn't mind playing a little trifecta there, but they are all... Very badly drawn, I think. Except for Royal Entrance. I reckon it'll be very handy from that ninth barrier. Timmy Clark on, take it to the lead. But like I said, Empire of Japan runs it down. But we move to the three-year-old guineas now, which is even less cut and dry, mate. There's no King of Sparta like there was. We were thinking that there was going to be. Hell, I am one that uh, Gosford guineas or Wyong guineas or whatever it was, looking really well. Garza Blanca was looking like an amazing horse after it smashed Greece and smashed the track record at Granbourne. But then Gaza Blanca hasn't even gone. They've spelled him. They've spelled him to have a little bit of a let up to autumn. I was all over Gaza Blanca, had him in all my futures all in markets. So I've lost a bit of money on that. And so now I was left without a tip and I've had to go through the entire field to find one. I had to spend about an hour looking at this race. I can't pick a winner to save myself. At least it's I tough. have. I think I have punters, but none of them stuck out to me. I had to dig really deep to try and settle on a tip. Yeah, same here. And it's I'm going to say it right now. It's taking me eight races before I get on a tip with J-Mac. Hey, he's finally eight on J-Mac. Eight races. I'm going Russian Conquest. $4.80, $1.95, just out of the each way odds. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's a tough one, but I reckon this horse is uh, – I just can't I can't pick myself on to go into a favourite here. Um, and there's nothing that's really sticking out for me. So I think Russian Conquest is the one that I've – Tipped a couple of times. Um, it's probably as fit as it's going to get. It's just, yeah, it's, it's one second up before. Let's let's give it a go here. It's going to be Russian Conquest for me. Russian Conquest of coming a narrow second to Cool and Gatter in last year's two-year-old classic fame. Almost beat Cool and Gatter, so it's a good form to have. It, Seems to perform on Magic Millions Day. I'm actually getting off J-Mac for once. I've... Switched over to the other top jockey in Queensland for the weekend, Jamie Carr. Hell I am. John O'Say trained. Like I said, shortened heaps in the market after it won that Wyong race. Smashed it. Had J-Mac on that day, but it was just a peach run. Ran really good. But then went to the Gosford Guineas and just missed. Just missed by a nose. Half a length. Didn't really get the chockies. And then now it's come out to the $10 mark. I just think loves the good track. Loves running third up. Is probably one of the fitter horses in this race because it's had two really strong races to come into it. I just, like I said, went through about an hour. You could probably entertain a good 10 of these horses, just like the two-year-olds, but I've said it on Hell I Am. Hopefully Jamie just jumps, gets him towards the front of the pack, probably in that first four or five or so going around that bend and then hopefully just explodes at the top of the straight. So hell I am, ten dollars to win, three dollars thirty to place each way is my tip for the three year old Guineas Group One. Very nice. Very nice. Head over to race number nine, mate. Do you want to take us off for that? Yes, we've got the Magic Millions Cup here. Petronius and Emerald Kingdom, the two to go forward here with Amish Boy and Vega One to be steaming home late from the back. Honestly, there are a handful of horses that I like the look of here, but I've settled on Oscar Zulu. Best work comes in the dry, best work comes fresh, best work comes at this distance. J-Mac again. Sorry, punters, but I'm all over J-Mac this day. J-Mac, Walla Combo, $7 to win, $2.50 to place. Take my money. I've backed it before. It's won for me before. Hopefully it does it again. Oscar Zulu all the way in the cup. 
Yeah, I'm going Love Tap here. Timmy Clark on board, $11 and $3.50 for a place. Um, ran a trial a couple, uh, just after Christmas, sorry, and um, only fell one length off the wind, so it looked pretty nice there. Comes into, obviously, a bit longer distance, an extra 400 metres from the trial. Um, hit the line pretty well, so I'm liking the look of it. Been all over this horse before. Um, yeah, $11 and $3.50, pretty nice. Into the last year. Um, 1,300 metres um, racing, obviously, another million-dollar race. Um, I'm going to keep it pretty simple here. I'm going with the favourite, Alpine Edge, J-Mac again here, $3. I think it's just too good here. Um, yeah, second last start in Toowoomba behind Yellow Brick, who's um, running in the three-year-old. Favourite for the three-year-old. It's a favourite, sorry. So pretty good form to go off. So, yeah, it's going to be Alpine Edge for me. I'm going to go with the Wisdom of Water here. Loves the Gold Coast. Its form is very spotty. As you look back, it's got 10th, uh, 4th, 11th, 4th, and 4th out of four horses there. So, you know, you look at that and you think, ooh, not very good of a choice there. But does best work on the good tracks. Does best work at Gold Coast. Does the best work at this distance. Rachel King goes on board. The only factor I'm not liking is it is in the park Sorry, the car park, 15th out of 15 barriers. Hopefully, a couple scratchings bring her closer to the rail, but I think King can just drop, sorry, not drop, jump, and be really handy there. Otherwise, it's going to get stuck wide. Hopefully, gets her over towards the rail, gets some cover of some kind, and then hopefully lets it do its thing in the straight. Uh, we go back a few starts, and it came fourth behind I Am Me by only two lengths. I Am Me is an elite sprinter going around at the moment. It's now been spelled. It's going to Group 1s in the autumn. It's going to be going in Group 1s in the spring. I have a feeling that IME is going to get a slot in the Everest. So two lengths of a potential Everest runner reads really well to me. So Wisdom of Water loves the Gold Coast. Hopefully salutes here again. $9 to win, $2.70 to place each way on a bit of a value horse to finish off the day. Very, very nice. All right, mate. Of course, it's not the Quaddy Potty without the Quaddy. In race seven, we've got Empire of Japan, Skirt the Law, Platinum Jubilee, and Sovereign Fund. In race eight, we've got Russian Conquest, Hell I Am, Yellow Brick, and Tijuana. Race nine, Oscar Zulu, Emerald Kingdom, Love Tap, and Amish Boy. Race 10, Alpine Edge, Wisdom of Water, L Troop, and Indiscreetly. 50 bucks gets you 19.5%. Just before we hit the sign-off, mate, just a couple of around the grounds. I don't know if you've got I any. I haven't got any, so go right ahead. Um, Flemington race number five, Forbidden City. Looks pretty nice. Race number six, Flemington Western Empire, $8.50 for the win. And then here to shock, favourite Flemington race number seven, $3.10. Those three are my three Flemington tips. Um, yeah, pretty nice. Fair enough. I'll have a full card of Rose Hill tips up on the website, of course, themoxsports.com.au. Every Saturday, I'll be running down Rose Hill, whether or not we're running down Rose Hill on the podcast as well. And I'll probably maybe have a hack at some uh, runner-by-runner guides for the two-year-old and three-year-old classics. So get keen, tune in, not tune in, we'll make sure to go to themoxsports.com.au to see those when they go up. You've got a couple of articles up there as well, mate. Got a couple, got a couple more coming, a couple about the cricket, um, obviously. I don't know. I'd say it was a pretty disappointing summer of cricket. Just p- poor talent from the South Africans yeah. and the West Indies. We were expecting bigger things from South Africa, weren't we? Oh, they were meant to be the second best test team. I don't know. That's, I don't want to yeah. answer. We're not, we're not a cricket not podcast a cr- just yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, anything else to say to the punters before we sign off? 
Uh, no, thank you, Bella Vista, letting us use the facilities yes, here. Bella Vista Hotel, thank you for that. I always forget to say that. Yes, so in the studio at Bella Vista Hotel, if you've got a podcast that you want to record in, head down to the BVH to record in. And if you're still listening, make sure to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure to follow us, subscribe to us, share us, because it's only going to make us get bigger. It's going to let us attract some giveaways from some big companies. We'll be able to run competitions. We'll be able to expand even more than we are. Like we said, 2023 is the year of the mock. We're going to expand quite a bit, but we can't do that without your support. And we appreciate the support you've already given us, but anything more you can send our way, we love you for it. Thanks, lads. Enjoy. See you next week. Not next week. Oh, see you in a few weeks. I'm so used to next week mode when we're on the podcast. See you in a few weeks. I believe the Autumn Carnival kicks off in the first couple of weeks of February. So in about a month time, You'll be ready to tune on in again. And next week, the interview with Gary Moore on Off The Track. So good luck this weekend. Gamble responsibly. Crohn's getting a split. Maisie in front of...